riches in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, I want to welcome up Tim and Lori Gadu, who are elders. There you go. There you go. Okay. Tim and Lori, as noted, are elders here. Tim represents the physique and manliness that I aspire to when I reach his age. It's a well-known fact that he can out-wrestle pretty much everybody here. And I don't mess with him. I've tried. It does not go well. Don't have some coffee. <laughs> What's hilarious is his, his diet does consist of a, a regular amount of donuts and coffee. It makes no sense. <laughs> There's no way that should be possible. All right. Um, over to you all. Ooh, you got that, Lori? So, so grateful for you, Tim and Lori, who you are. Be yourselves. Be free. Share everything that God gave you to share, and we're excited to hear from you. Let me help you with that. Man, that it's not going to go. <laughs> go there. I'll help you. We can move up there if we need to. You're going to have to. Oh, I mean, haba, habanero. Is this one okay, Jake? You want me to grab the other one? We wanted to bring our vibrating recliners, you know, that kind of bounce you up, but Dave said, no, 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 no. Not going to work. Wouldn't fit in the car. Good morning, everybody. It is so good to be with everybody. I was telling Katie, you know, as we're doing the greet time, it just felt like (sighs) joy and fulfillment and connection and seeing people we love face-to-face and gathering together. Did it feel that way for anybody else? Like, so rich. We love our home churches, but to gather corporately is such a special thing. So, really good to see y'all. Glad you're here. So many people here that we know. It's awesome. Yeah. Great, great, great to see you all again. Well, good morning. Uh, The Kingdom of God is our theme here at NAVA for this entire year. And uh, it's the focus of our monthly corporate gatherings in line with our vision as a church to be a prayerful family on mission, loving Jesus and living the life of Jesus out in our lives, in our work settings, in our schools, in our homes, in our marriages. And we are seeing that uh, the kingdom of God, as Adam has shared, Adam Cox, as we've shared on the retreat, as Chiarelli has shared here at an earlier gathering, is so multifaceted. There's so much to speak of when you talk about the kingdom of God. It's like a diamond. There's so many perspectives, so many giving, life-giving truths that can be seen and appreciated. And... Those of you that were with us uh, last month here for our corporate gathering uh, experienced an amazing message with uh, David, David Blackwell, and Jana Sawyer doing a fabulous job of sharing a story of what the kingdom of God living in me looks like. And uh, Dave shared and gave a beautiful illustration of breathing in prayer, breathing in 
prayer and the daily rhythms of our lives, the spiritual disciplines, the things that we do normally, <clears throat> and breathing out, sometimes simple, sometimes pretty hard and complex and challenging and sacrificial, those expressions of what it means to have Jesus live in me and through me, breathing in prayer and the spiritual rhythms and breathing out the life of Jesus. Even at a CVS pharmacy where Dave was going to get his wine at a 50% discount <laughs> and being able to breathe out and uh, bless the checkout cashier at CVS. Well, today, uh, Lori and I want to uh, continue the Kingdom of God uh, theme in sharing about obedience being the way of the kingdom. Yes. Obedience being the way of the kingdom. And to illustrate this, uh, we're going to, uh, where we're going, we have a slide kind of overviewing uh, the truth of God's word and our personal story. If you're at the spring retreat, I shared an illustration, a story of a tour that we took last fall at a national park, Mammoth Caves in Kentucky, which is a labyrinth of literally hundreds of miles of, of caves and paths that expose incredible beauty. And when you take this tour, there's a tour guide, and uh, she or he is an expert in their field and they, uh, they know the way. They've been there ahead of you. <laughs> they know where they're going and where they're leading you. They have a light, so there's guidance and direction. Kind of sounds like a familiar analogy of someone we know in scripture, right? <laughs> Who's been there before us, is an expert, knows the way, shows the light, gives us direction, keeps us on a path. And she begins the tour, she'll get 40 or 50 of us, in a location, and she says, okay, can everybody hear me? I want to be sure you can hear me. And of course, you know, the obligatory, raise your hand if you can hear me so she can see. And then she starts to share with the group and says, okay, now listen up. And she gives an overview and then closes, it's going to be a really good day today. <laughs> it's going to be a really good day because no one's going to get hurt. And because you're listening, I don't have to give you a mandatory $5,000 fine if you go down a wrong trail. So we're going to have a really, really good day today. <laughs> Often in scripture, the uh, most common words we read, the simplest words we hear and read express ideas about God and our relationship with him and towards him. And the word obedience and obey is one of these words. Yeah, and I'm going to talk about it uh, not just in the English but in the Hebrew because the Hebrew language um, is much richer than our American language. Um, it's got a broader depth of meaning to some of the words. And so um, we're going to look at... Uh, Deuteronomy 6.4 um, and what it actually means. This was a daily prayer for devoted Jews, including Jesus during his entire lifetime. It says, hear, the first word, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your strength. 
In this passage here, the word hear is, it looks like shima, but it's pronounced shma. Our English interpretation is more about the activity, like listening. It's more about the physical. It's more about the, the auditory. But in the Hebrew, shma means to listen, to heed, to give guidance, to obey. Think about the park ranger he just talked about. <laughs> in almost every place we see this word, this is fascinating to me, in the, uh, the original, obey, in the Bible, is the word shema, that word. So this is throughout scripture that we're being told this. In other words, to hear is to obey. To hear is to obey. Now, those of you who are doing the, the Bible reading, uh, some of us are doing the, you know, through the Bible, some of us are doing our own thing. I've been doing it this year. And we just finished James uh, a week or so ago. And in James, it says, James 1.22, be doers of the word, not just hearers only. For some of us, this word obey or obedience can feel really negative or weighty, hard, constrained. Anybody else ever feel that when you hear that word? Yep, there's some people waving their hands in the back. So some of the reasons for that is our history, our, the way our family brought us up, the way the word was used, whether it was in the context of demand or punishment. Um, it can be from our culture. Some of you are from other countries and you know the culture and what it communicates as far as performance. It can even be in our religious upbringing. It has the potential to trigger us even though the word is intended to protect us. So in the kingdom of God, it's meant to be a response of gratefulness and faith. It's not about earning. It's not about just following rules. It's about relationship with God the Father, the creator of the whole universe. Um, this is expressed in James 4, 6 in the Amplified Version. It says he gives us more and more grace through the power of the Holy Spirit to defy sin and live an obedient life that reflects both our faith and our gratitude for our salvation. Therefore, it says, God is opposed to the proud and haughty, but continually gives the gift of grace to the humble it takes humility for us to obey. It's about dependence. It's about partnership and relationship. John Mark Comer, for those of you have, who have heard his name, he's got a great book called Live No Lies. And in it, he says this statement that we both thought was so powerful and accurate. Obedience is choosing when we follow Jesus to put ourselves under an external authority that of God the Father, believing that his authority is not oppressive. Everybody hear that? It's not oppressive. But similar to parenting, to master our flesh and become people of love. That's where we're going in our diagram. Obedience leads to greater intimacy and trust. God designed us to hear, to listen, shema, to provide us with his protection, his provision, 
his promised guidance and direction, his power and presence. How would I do in comparison to Adam's alliterations? That came by the Holy Spirit. So exciting. It just came spontaneously. <laughs> so we're going to break down these words. The ones, my magnificent alliteration. <laughs> I'm going to start with protection. We're going to just refer quickly to stories in the Bible. Just to remind you, these are not just Tim's and my story that we're going to focus on. If you remember a couple of stories in the Old Testament, David and Goliath, uh, Gideon, obedience means protection. I'm going to tell you two short stories for me where this played out, and we all have them, but it's a good reminder. So many years ago, the Lord gave me a dream, and I'm not you know, a prolific dreamer, but I knew it was significant. I knew it was a warning dream. So I submitted it to those around me, got feedback. Yes, it's a warning dream. Basically in the dream, the Lord is telling you, you listen to the Lord, Lori, really well and obey when he talks to you in private or you're one-on-one -on -one with someone, which is true, especially in the counseling room. But when you're out in public, you tend to discount it or downplay or say, oh, that's probably not the Holy Spirit. And the Lord was saying, you need to listen to me in public. So fast forward, I pray about it for many months. Uh, one Easter Sunday morning, I'm walking in, in our neighborhood to make a very long story that was dramatic short. I was alone in the neighborhood and encountered a man on a motorcycle that I thought nothing about when I initially saw him. I was praying in the spirit and singing out loud because no one was around that morning. It was gorgeous and quiet. And as I was walking across our horseshoe neighborhood, I heard the Holy Spirit yell at me. He has never done it before or since. I can't say it was audible, but it reverberated through my entire being. And he said, put your head down. Yes, sir. I put my head down. And right then, in that very moment, and my son, my husband's going to make fun of me. I know it. When I make okay. sounds, he okay. makes fun of me. Right in that moment, as I put my head down, there's the motorcyclist that I had seen less than three minutes ago passing me, waved me, gave me the you know nod of the head, and it's put, 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 right close to me. I mean, just inches, and I'm thinking, wait a sec, how did he get around here? Where did he come from? So I just I'm praying in the spirit, and the Lord says, keep walking, and I hit a curve. I can still hear the guy behind me, and he says, run. And so I run, and I run around the corner, and I run to the street next to me that crosses this uh, area I'm in. And there's a huge bush in front of the second house. So I jump behind the bush, and I'm praying in the spirit and saying, am I overreacting? You know, like, Lord, is this really real? Do I need to be? And then I hear the guy again. He has turned around, and he is now parked at the intersection I just ran past. I can hear his motorcycle. So I peek behind the bush and knock on the house and the woman peers out and she's looking at me wide-eyed. I'm like, call the police. And she just kind of goes, looks at me. And I said, please call the police, call the police. And she cracks the door. And I said, there's a guy tracking me on a motorcycle. Please call the police. She goes, get in my house. So I get in the house. We listen. He's there. Then he comes in front of her window down the street looking for me. And so by then I knew unassuredly I was being stalked. So we call the police, another 10, 12 minutes goes by, they show up and the guy says, oh ma'am, 
Um, we, you know, as I'm describing the story, we just saw that guy leaving and actually there's been a guy on a motorcycle accosting people with a knife, women, and assaulting them. So you did really good at listening to your gut. The interesting thing was in my dream, the Lord uh, showed me this picture of a man with a knife and said he was going to kill me. Now, I'll never know the, exactly what the intent of that person was. The point was the Holy Spirit told me to obey something that made no sense it didn't rationally make sense. I didn't have information to process. And what did he do? He protected me. The other story is more recent. Uh, last year, there was a public accusation made against me in the KC Star uh, more than once. And at one point, a full point ad, uh, a full page ad, accusing me of things that I did not do. And the Lord spoke to us as we were like, well, how do we respond? Are we supposed to Follow, you know, do a defamation suit or whatever. And the Lord spoke of Exodus 14, 13 to Tim, stand and see the salvation of the Lord. I'm going to fight for you. And so we did nothing but pray and ask some of y'all, there were a handful of you in this room that we asked to pray with us and nothing happened. There were no phone calls, no picketing, no negative things said on my website. God's protection as we obey his leadership. Amen. God's provision. We see this in the story of Abraham offering Isaac, his one and only son, and taking him to Mount Moriah. And at the point of the actual thrusting of the knife, the ram in the bush, right? God provides at the last second provision. <clears throat> Both of us in our previous uh, marriages, uh, have had the opportunity where God has said, I want you to give away your entire savings, give it to me. And um, with a little bit of gulping, <laughs> did that. And for both of us, in a matter literally of weeks, God uh, brought that back double for each of us in our family settings, uh, where we just said, okay, we give it to you, we yield it to you. God's the provider. God uh, gives us a promise of guidance and direction. Uh, we're reading again uh, now in Matthew, and we see um, Mary and Joseph being led uh, in a dream by the angels to leave Nazareth and go to Egypt until the time is safe. And uh, God gives us guidance. God gives us direction. Um, Many of you know both of us uh, experienced the loss of our spouses uh, before God brought us together. And uh, for me, I was living in LA. And after my wife died in 2014, the Lord said, uh, okay, I want you to move to Kansas City, a uh, place I had never been, <laughs> had always flown over from the East Coast to the West Coast, didn't know anyone in Kansas City. And he said, you can't stay in ministry here and, and stay in the front lines and get well. You need to step back. And if you go to Kansas City, I'll uh, provide you with uh, good grief counseling and good church community and get you ready for the next uh, season of life and the next chapter of life, which at that time I had no idea <laughs> meant marriage. But uh, uh, listen, obey, and, and God leads us in new directions. Yes, he does. He did this for us last year. Um, many of you know we stepped into eldership and said yes with uh, several other people uh, in December. And in May, 
the Lord spoke to Tim that we needed to consider taking a sabbatical in October and take a month off for me to see how I was feeling about my business, his mosaic and counseling, and was God bringing any new direction in our world? It's so fascinating to me because right before we left in October, month off to pray, we're invited into eldership. We had no idea the Lord was going to do that. Again, we're just following his lead, obeying what he tells us, and he brought guidance and direction. And then the direction was say yes to eldership and retire early from your, uh, your business, which has been very peaceful. The next one is his power is released when we obey. And obviously, all of us recognize this happened with Jesus when the Holy Spirit led him into the desert and the enemy tempted him. And God's power came in his obedience to go and do what his father said. And he was able to overcome with the word of God. And in um, my story, that, that same situation with the Kansas City Star, there was a conversation we were having with the, I was speaking with the editor, my husband was listening on speakerphone, and the Holy Spirit the night before had said to me, you are to tell him you're a Christ follower if the opportunity affords itself, not a Christian, a Christ follower, those words. Uh, because there, there, there's a differentiation, isn't there, in our world um, these days. And so um, in the confrontation of the conversation, because it was confrontational, it finally, there was a door um, that came, and I stated that very calmly and confidently. Um, and what I felt afterwards through Adam Cox was an understanding of an empowerment to deal with the spirit of intimidation that was operating through the leadership of the, the newspaper and what they were trying to squash me in and what I was doing and the accusation. So power comes when we obey. We were uh, led last year to get behind a single mom uh, who faced incredible in, injustice? Yeah, injustice? potential injustice, yeah. Um, falsely accused of things that she didn't do, and uh, the Spirit said, I want you to get a law firm and get around her. And with another couple that used to go to Nava and ourselves, um, we chose to do that. And uh, in a year and a half, it took a year and a half, uh, but the Holy Spirit moved mightily uh, in that simple step of obedience to represent this friend um, who was literally facing uh, potentially several, several decades uh, in, in prison. And um, God brought about her justice and her righteousness through just a simple saying, yes, uh, we're going to go forward. Um, we need to remember every day can be a good day. <laughs> regardless of circumstances and difficulties, when we hear, when we listen, Shema, and we just simply obey him. Simple truths, yet, man, that can be hard sometimes, right? What are the obstacles that often uh, come before us uh, to obedience, to Shema, to listening, uh, being the way of the kingdom? It could be physical fear. It could be a fear as well. Um, about who God is. God, I can't trust. Can God really be trustworthy? 
Rebellion, how many of us are stubborn, independent, <laughs> rebellious? Come on, come on, am I the only one here? All right, all right, all right. <laughs> we think we know better. Deception, right? Right from the garden, the enemy's a deceiver. God's holding out on me. God doesn't know what's best for me. God doesn't understand my situation, my circumstance. God's got an agenda anyway, so it really doesn't matter what, what I do. Jesus was so clear on this connection of hearing and listening, Shema, that in the Gospels, he gave several uh, stories and illustrations to bring home this practical picture. And uh, it's from Luke uh, chapter 6 where he's approached um, by some teachers and he gives the illustration of a man who builds his house on the rock and the man who builds his house on a foundation that's, that's shifting, that's shifting sand. And, and Luke 6.45 says, but the one who hears my words and does not put them into practice is like a man who builds a house on the ground without a foundation. Yeah, all of us, I would say, probably could honestly say we have experienced the fruit of disobedience in our lives at different times. Anybody not agree with that? Um, it's, it's there in the culture around us. We see the fruit of our cultures disobeying the, the, the way of life through God, and we see it in our family stories. Today, we're just wanting to encourage everyone to choose joyful obedience joyful. out of relationship with the Father because it's not about him being a taskmaster. It's not about a set of rules. It's not about performance. It's about a loving Father who's trying to lead us in the way of life and grace. So protection, provision, his promises being fulfilled in our lives, his power and his presence released in us and through us to others, this is where he wants to live. We get to. It's a privilege, right? We get to follow him and joyfully obey what he leads us in. And so we go back to our initial illustration and diagram. Obedience is the way of the kingdom. And the way of obedience leads us to the cross. <laughs> obedience is the way of the kingdom. The way of obedience is the cross. Relinquishing. Letting go dying to my rights, my ways, and giving way to his way. Sometimes it's a big directive. It's a big ask, right? It's challenging. Often it's the simple stuff. It's the day-to-day -day stuff where I was like, oh, you're really asking me to, to go and say I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry I hurt your feelings. Oh, give me a little time on that one. <laughs> Sometimes it's bigger ass, like David and Jana shared. There's all kinds of people in this room who have chosen to say yes to fostering and adoption, just like the Sawyers, uh, the Campbells, our precious family who are moving and leaving us soon. They said yes to moving to a different part of the city where the culture was not familiar or their own. Ruth Blackwell and some others in here have said yes to caring for family members that need them. And they've done it sacrificially. But all of them would say to you, hard, but joy came. It was worth it. 
And our response and our story has been the same. Those places that have felt hard and challenging to say yes to, God's always met us with the fulfillment of his power and his presence. Oh, yes. One little place um, that we often don't recognize is about obedience. And the reason I'm bringing this up is because in the counseling room, I've experienced this over and over thousands of times, not an exaggeration. And since I primarily used to see just Christians, this is with believers. And that's the choice to forgive. Many of us in our pain of being betrayed say, well, I can't forgive or I don't want to. I had someone in the room last week who said that. I can't. I can't forgive my wife for what she did. And so here's this directive from the Father made provision through Jesus on the cross so that we're supposed to follow his way. The Lord says, forgive as I forgave you. And yet so often the simplest, most profound directive he brought, we're resistant to. And the Lord's provision through it is life and freedom when we forgive. Obedience leads us to the cross, and anyone that's been married knows there's a cross. <laughs> if you yeah, want to experience the cross, get married. That's a that's great true. <laughs> That's true. That's absolutely true. You'll have plenty of opportunities to come at the foot of the cross. <laughs> I grew up as a peacemaker in a family of 10 kids in a Catholic family where obedience had a different connotation than what we're talking about today, um, both uh, personally, but uh, even in, in the Catholic faith. Um, and, and, and I just want to be careful. My mom and dad love Jesus as Catholics, and, and I'm here because they prayed for me. <laughs> um, but sharing honestly, uh, my hurts and feelings, you know, it's not natural. It doesn't come. It's not comfortable to me, and um, so just the expression of, of learning to trust Lori and, and my vulnerability has been challenging, and, and yet so good. And every time I resist my temptation to, to close in and give it away and take it to the cross and be vulnerable and transparent, you know, God brings back uh, with her incredible loving response to me. Um, you want me to go right there, huh? Okay. <clears throat> Tag team is fun. Joyfully choosing daily to listen, Shema, to obey, yielding to Jesus' way leads to uh, healthy habits. And healthy habits form our character, and character shapes our destiny. Let me try that one more time. As we step out and obey, simple, we take it to the cross, we follow Jesus' way, we're forming healthy habits. And healthy habits shapes our character, and character shapes our destiny. Amen? Yeah. 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 Obedience is the way of the kingdom. The way of obedience is the cross. The way of the cross is love. Adam spent a whole 
message on the kingdom of God is love earlier this year and brought it home to us magnificently. The loving heart uh, of God, an incredible, beautiful, loving daddy that we can trust, that will guide us, lead us on the path, show us to his son Jesus. So simple, yet so multifaceted, so clear, and, and, and yet so pro profound. So as we close today, we felt like, as always, it's appropriate, but especially today, since Shema means listen, to listen for a minute to the Holy Spirit. So we're going to close our eyes. I'm going to say a simple prayer, inviting Holy Spirit to speak to us. And we are going to ask him one or two questions. I believe they're also on the screen, so you don't have to remember them. And let me give you the freedom. If neither one of these questions resonates in the Holy Spirit speaking to you, go with it. It doesn't have to be these two. We just wanted to bring a prompting. So I'm going to read the two questions, then I'm simply going to invite him to speak to us. And we're going to just take a minute of silence, and you make note of what he says to you. So the two questions are, Father, in what area are you encouraging me to listen, Shema? and obey today, and what might the next step be? The second question, Holy Spirit, is there any place in my life I'm living in deception and think I'm obeying when I'm really not? So Holy Spirit, you are the revelator, you're the teacher, you're the one who brings truth to our heart. As we listen, Holy Spirit, would you speak to each of us? Would you ignite what you're wanting to say? Would you bring a clear answer in Jesus' name? Many of the encounters Jesus had uh, in uh, the Gospels, there was one where a teacher came and asked him, what's the most important commandment to follow, to obey? <clears throat> and Jesus, quoting from Deuteronomy 4, I'm sorry, Deuteronomy 6, 4, a prayer that Jews would say every morning when they woke up, and then at night before they went to bed, and Jesus did this himself. He responded in Mark 12, 29 to 31. The most important one, meaning the most important commandment, answered Jesus is this, hear, Shema, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart and with all of your soul and with all of your mind, and with all of your strength. The second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. And isn't it interesting that both of those are about relationship? It's about relationship. Yeah. And that's what we're all about here in Nava, being a prayerful family on mission loving God intimately, 
and loving our neighbor as we love ourselves. So in closing, let's just stand and we're going to recite the Lord's Prayer. <clears throat> Even as we do that, before we do that, if there's anyone here that has found yourself in a place saying, ah, oh, I want to take that first step of listening and obeying. We want to encourage you in your heart to do that and to know that as you come to Jesus, he so much wants to come to you and reveal his love in you and through you. So let's take the hand and we're going to repeat the Lord's Prayer together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. 